Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. As always, it is a pleasure to have you to join us. We have a special that we are doing for the next three weeks because I want you to get to know our leading ladies that's part of the team of women around the world. And so I want you to hear a a little bit of their testimony, a little bit of their life. And so tonight we are going to start with Christy Hale. Uh, Some of you know her. She's been on our podcast before. But we want you to listen to her story. Christy Hill, and I am so blessed to have the opportunity to speak to you all today. This is my testimony. I've told it before. I'm sure I'll tell it again. It's just kind of my my battle cry. But um, several years ago, I had this this phrase that kind of kept repeating and running through my head, and um, it was good. It wasn't good at the time, but it became good. It's just such an interesting thing. Um, so I'm sure lots of you have been through things that changed your life unexpectedly. Tracy talked yesterday about some things. Maybe you're in a relationship that ended. We've all talked about that today. Maybe someone close to you passed away. You've had trouble with your kids. You you endured an unexpected tragedy, anything. And that's how life is, right? That's just life. It's how it is. Because we don't know our tomorrow. But if you're caught in a place like that, you may feel like I felt. And this is what I said. I mean, just all of a sudden, I said, my life as I've known it is over. I had a good life, it was a life, it was good for me, but all of a sudden things changed. In 2007, um, drastic and sudden changes, um, none of them were expected. Number one, my church that I was going to closed the doors, ended, over, shut down, just done. We're not having church anymore. Um, We get an announcement, church is done. I mean, I'd gone to that church for years, you know, I had connections with people, it's what you do. I love God. I'm passionate about God. I go to church. I'm not going there anymore. I'm like, okay, whoa. You know, that's a, that's a big deal. Then, I mean, not long after that at all, I was married, and um, my husband and I were in the um, in the living room, and he said, Christian, I need to talk to you. I'm like, sure. What's up? And he said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with this relationship. Um, you know, we'd been through a lot, infidelity, counseling infidelity, counseling, um, anxiety, stress, violence, verbal abuse. I could go on and on and on. Um, Honestly, when he said that, sweet peace fell over me because it was hell. And these are the words he said to me. If I'm going to hell, I want to enjoy the ride. And I don't enjoy it with you because I went to church. He said, I have to come home and pretend to be somebody that I'm not. I want to party. I like this life that I'm living, and I'm moving out. I said, I'm keeping the house, sucker. And he said, you can have it. I said, okay, (laughs) because we had just built a house, like literally just months before. And he's a carpenter, and he built it. Anyway, I got the house. Okay. So then, not long after that, my boss calls me into the office. Now, some of you may know, I was a teacher just for five years and then I became an administrator at a very, very young age. Um, so I'd been a principal growing up as a principal. I was 27 when I took over the principalship of a school with over 800 kids, former students sitting right down here. And um, 
Yeah, it was, it was huge. I didn't know what I was doing. I was very inexperienced. It was a very tight-knit place. And, and I had, so in nine years, I had developed relationships. I had hired a lot of people. We were cultivating teams. We were changing the culture of the school. And all these things were good. And my boss calls me in and he says, hey, um, I have a new job for you. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm transferring you. Didn't, didn't ask me if I wanted to be transferred. Didn't ask me if I wanted to do something different. He said, I'm transferring you. And I thought, what in the world? So working with all new people, people I didn't know, a job I didn't know at grade levels I had never done. So I taught first grade. I'd always done the lower elementary. And I'm being transferred to an intermediate school full of fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. Help me, Jesus. I thought, what in God's name are you thinking? said you know he told me why he's like because there's there's some trouble there and need you to clean up the messes okay I'm thinking holy I mean so all this happened like in the month of February I mean it was like super fast and I mean I was just reeling so my life has changed drastically and I'm just like God what are you doing what are you doing and I just remember my life as I've known it is over where I get up and drive to work is now different Sunday mornings, where am I going to church? I got to try new churches I, by myself, alone. Am I ever going to be married again? I don't want to be married again. What, you know, like, I, what, what am I doing? And now I'm going to have to drive to a different job with people I don't even know and try to be their leader? It was hard. Life as I've known, it was over. And I just kept thinking that. And I was like, God, I, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't understand. Retrospect, God spoke these things to me. He's our redeemer. He's our restorer. And he's our resurrection. And I want to tell you a little bit about that as it related to some other people. Naomi in the Bible, Ruth chapters one through four. Do you know what Naomi means? Pleasant. Naomi means pleasant. Naomi's, she was pleasant in the beginning. She had a husband, she had two sons, there was a famine, they had to move, they go to another country so that they can survive, and her husband dies. 10 years later or so, both of her sons die. So I mean, her life as she's known is over. Everything changed. She doesn't, she's in another country, different customs, no husband, her sons are gone. She has these two daughter-in-laws and she's like, just go on, go back to your families, I'm, I'm just gonna try to make it back home know the one daughter-in-law Ruth says I'll, I'll go with you chapter 1 verses 19 and 20 Naomi and Ruth travel to Bethlehem and the people are so excited to see Naomi and they ask is this Naomi like they're excited like she's back home like really is it you we're so glad you're here and this is what she says don't call me Naomi call me Mara you know what Mara means bitter don't call me pleasant call me bitter because God has dealt bitterly with me she had a choice didn't she her life as she'd known it was over she didn't see through the eyes of faith and the vision that Sarah talked about she became bitter the story goes on and God uses Naomi to connect Ruth to Boaz even in her bitterness he uses her which is amazing. So she ends up becoming the great-grandmother of David. So she's in the line of Jesus. And um, she didn't give up. She didn't quit. She didn't understand, but she kept going. And that's what I had to do. I could have become bitter, but I didn't. Joyce Meyer says you can get bitter or better. Might as well get better, right? Number two, God is our restorer. Job, the story of Job. 
Job lost it all. Talk about different relationships. I mean, he didn't just lose his wife. His wife, his kids, his dogs, his cats, his horses, his ducks, his geese. I mean, I, he's done. Everything. Even his friends turned on him. Right? His life as he'd known it was over. But God restored everything. Job 42.10. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Life as he'd known it was over. But now we got double for his trouble. Are you listening? So maybe you're at a place right now and you're thinking, life as I've known it is over. I don't even know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what my tomorrow holds. He knows. He's a redeemer. He's our restorer. And the last one is, he is our resurrection. The Shunammite woman in 2 Kings 4, 8 um, through 37. She doesn't have any kids. She ends up having a kid, a blessing from God to have this child. So verse 17, she bore a son. She again is living her life, probably more fulfilled than ever with the addition of this new son in her life. Then suddenly, unexpectedly, her son dies. Dies. Here she is living this life. I didn't ask for this, God. I didn't ask for him. You may have known my heart and I wanted a son and now you give me one and you're gonna take him? He's gonna die? Can you imagine how she felt? Imagine how you would feel. Imagine how I would feel. Life as she had known it was over. But then her tenacious faith rises up. She goes to the prophet, the man of God, and she, Gehazi, his servant, says, is it well with you? And she says, and he says, is it well with the child? And what does she say? It is. It is well. It is well. All is well. She let her faith speak. She didn't, she didn't let her suffering speak. She let her faith speak. We can do that same thing. She travels to the prophet and she demands that he return with her. <laughs> And he does. And she prays and she raises that son from the dead. I can't imagine the relief that she felt that day. But though he was dead, yet shall he live. And maybe God's saying that to you right now. Maybe not about your physical son, but maybe about your dreams. Maybe about your plans. Maybe about your situation. Maybe life as you known it is over. But God's going to make the latter better than the former. Now this, this, this is where my testimony gets even better. So I am I'm having this processing in my head. My life as I've known, it's over. I had a situation with my parents, and my dad made me super mad. He's just a contrarian fart. And um, I was ag aggravated him, and I went to take a walk. I'm like, I was so stressed. I'm so I'm just walking, 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 and get back. And I sit on the deck, and I'm like, I'm going to journal. So I start journaling stuff down just to try to get it out. Because, I mean, I am angry at this point and super frustrated, and I don't know what to do with all of these emotions. My life as I've known it is over. What am I supposed to be doing here? And God gave me a vision. I'm not one that has visions often. But as I sat there journaling with my eyes closed, I saw a vision and this is what I saw. I saw a long hallway and it was dark. And in that hallway, there were doors on both sides. It was a narrow hallway and there were doors, several. And some of the doors were open. A lot of the doors were closed and this bright light was shining through those open doors. And I was standing at the beginning of the hallway just staring at the doors and God spoke to me in that moment that I'd been praying for him to open the doors that need to be opened and close the doors that need to be closed and I had I had been praying for years God opened the doors that need to be opened and closed the doors that need to be closed but somehow now I'm standing frozen at the end of the hallway unable to move 
had a moment where I realized I didn't pray for the faith to walk through the doors. He'd open them, but I didn't have the faith to walk through them. I had an aha moment. I needed faith to walk through those doors, right? So life as I'd known it was over. One day we were in church sitting here just worshiping. Dwayne was leading. I can remember it so clearly. One of these days I'm going to remember the song we were singing. And I have both hands up and I am just worshiping, worshiping, worshiping. Oh my gosh. And all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute. And I started thinking back because as God began ministering in my life, he sent me a good friend to watch over me. He sent me an amazing church. I ended up at Solid Rock Family Church. That's why I'm here today. So excited. Been here for, I don't know, 14 years. Um, then I met this guy who cut down a tree for me and he was super nice and he became my husband and my best friend, Luke Hale. And then about a year after that, um, it's when we were in here worshiping and pastors had asked us to go on a mission trip with them. Well, when I was in college, um, I had the opportunity um, to go to Africa on a mission trip. I knew God had called me to missions and I was super excited, but then that all just fell apart with my marriage and the chaos. And so we're sitting here and I'm worshiping and I have my hands lifted and God said, Christine, your life as you've known it is over. I got this revelation of, oh my gosh, my life as I've known it is over. I am scheduled to go on a mission trip. I am married to a man of God. I am not in an abusive relationship. I am at a school that is thriving and I've had so many opportunities to change things. And it was the exact same phrase, but my perspective became different. The meaning became different. The life that I had been living was over and I had a newfound freedom in him. Yesterday he spoke this to me and this is how I'm gonna end. Isaiah, this is our prophetic word to end the ladies conference. He spoke this yesterday, Isaiah 43, 19. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I, says the Lord, will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The dry wasteland of, of surgery, of cancer, of pain, of addiction. It doesn't matter where we are. He wants to make a pathway through our wilderness. He wants to bring rivers to our dry wasteland. We have to pray for the faith to walk through the doors, people. We cannot stand back. We cannot hold back. He is opening doors. He is giving opportunities. He has plans for each of us. It's not just me. And that is his word to us. I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Alice, he's already begun. Do you not see it? going to make a pathway through the wilderness and rivers in the dry wasteland. He's done so much for me. There's no reason he wouldn't do it for you. Push forward. He has plans. He has purpose. Also tonight, we have on our podcast, you've been listening to Christy and so glad that you did, but I want you to have the opportunity to listen to our very own Dara Young, which uh, she has been on the podcast a few times, but she's also one of my leading ladies and just such a beautiful woman of God. And she's the one that if you happen to come to our women's conference, she's the one that makes all the wonderful pastries, over 3,000 of them, I think, at the last um, 
I think that was the count. But anyway, uh, just sit back and listen to Dara tell a part of her story. So I had, um, I had like a three-point message and like my main point at the end, and God dealt with me and said I was burying the lead. And so you get one point um, because it's the one that I am really supposed to be making. So whenever I was thinking and praying over whenever Bella said, you know, she wanted us to be, you know, do a, a session, you know, and praying and thinking about it, I kept seeing a warrior's table. The warriors sitting around eating eating together, sharing their stories. And there was a, a chair for me at this table that I didn't think I should fill. I didn't belong. But I was so afraid that they would find out that I didn't belong at that table with them, that they were more battle-worn than I was, and I had no place there, that I couldn't share my stories because they weren't. I'm just me. I'm just who I am. And I was afraid that they would see that and say that I was not, I didn't belong. Because I'm just an accounting clerk. It's my job, my trade. I'm just a prayer pastor's wife. I'm just the baker. We struggled with infertility for two and a half years. But that was just two and a half years. I've known people that have struggled for longer. I've shared with people that have struggled longer in things than me. My first husband was verbally abusive, but he was just verbally abusive. He never laid a hand on me. So I don't see how that says that. Like, do you get that? And then my sexual assault wasn't violent. It was just a part of my relationship. And these are things, these are parts of my life in the last 20 years that I have lived but I don't feel like I deserve to share that table with the other warriors because I'm just who I am. And it's that just word, just, that is causing me to not face my full potential that God has, to not sit at that table because I'm living with a just mentality. But I wanted to share a little bit in more detail with what those situations are because when we're afraid to talk about things, when we feel like we can't talk about the situations that God has brought us through, it allows those things to still reign over our lives. I was 15 when my first boyfriend would pressure me I would say no, I would say no, I would say no. And he would say, if you loved me, you would do this. And I thought I loved him, so I gave that to him. I didn't realize then that that wasn't love. That was, if I loved him, I would do that. That was what would go through my head. And even after we broke up, he would call me on my birthday for the next several years. And I didn't understand why it made me so upset that my family thought he was so sweet that he remembered my birthday and it ruined my birthday for years because he would call on my birthday. Wouldn't ever see him. But, and I didn't understand why it bothered me so much. I had such a distorted view of love that I married my first husband shortly after I graduated and he was verbally abusive to me. 
and I was thankfully I was able to get out of that relationship I we I am a divorced woman but saved and redeemed and married a wonderful man now but I was out of that first marriage before it was ever told to me that that was sexual assault that I had that that was not love that if he loved me he wouldn't have pressured me like that I was in my late 20s before I ever got a real revelation of what love actually was. I sat under ministry. Dwayne and Missy did a dating series for years. I sat under that even as a leader and it never clicked that my view of love was so far out of what it was supposed to be under the word of God. And then somewhere in my late 20s, I got a revelation that of 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. It was always just, you know, it was the, the wedding verses. You know, they said them at like every wedding that you would ever go to. And then it was like the veil was lifted off of my eyes and I got a revelation of what love actually was. And that's love is patient, love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses hope. It is always, I'm sorry, never loses its faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And that's what I deserved of love. And once I finally saw this for what it was, I was, I'm not, I'm not dating anymore. I'm not doing that. I'm not putting myself in those situations anymore until this can be lined up in the person that's sitting across from me at a table. So God restored, God redeemed. But still to this day, and even as I was sitting over there, the devil was trying to tell me that that is not enough to be able to share with you because it was just in a relationship. It wasn't, it wasn't a violent thing. It was you know, a year's worth of a relationship with this guy. And that's not enough of a battle for me to be able to share with you because others have endured more. Yes, they've endured more, but this is my story of what God has brought me through. So sharing with you, and these are things that apparently I hadn't even shared some of this with Alex even. Um, I, he was asking what I was prepared, and I started talking about it. He's like, you've never, you've never told me that. It's just by pure... It wasn't ever intentional that I wouldn't share this with you. Um, it just didn't come up, I guess. I don't, I don't know. It's not something that I broadcast, or I hadn't until today, because it's no longer going to keep me quiet. Romans 8.28 says that, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. It doesn't say that those things that we go through are good. Because they're not good. Sexual assault is not good. Verbally abuse is not good. Any sort of abuse is not good. Infertility is not good. Whatever the battles that you've gone through are not good. But God can turn them for good when we allow him to speak through us, to be able to minister to others, that we are victorious over those things, that they don't have to have power over us anymore.
Thank you for joining us today at At the Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At the Table. You can also check us out at darlenerhodes.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At the Table with Darlene.